mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything July. Specifically, July the 2nd. Yesterday was Canada Day, and I innocently posted, Oh yeah, it's Canada Day. Happy Canada Day with a Caesar. If you don't know what a Caesar is, you are missing out. It is a sickening-sounding beverage. I don't blame people for being disgusted when they first hear it. I don't think it's kosher, actually. It is like a Bloody Mary, but less thick. Uh, it doesn't have horseradish traditionally the way a Bloody Mary would. And this the drink, the juice, is thinner than a tomato juice because it's clamato juice. Uh, cla stands for clam. So the salty water from the clam juice really cuts the thickness of the tomato juice and makes this delicious, thirst-quenching, yet somehow salty beachy Canadian drink. I don't know why it's good. I would not drink the juice of a clam. I don't even know what that means. I don't know if it's a salty water or if it actually has ground up clams. I don't eat shellfish. I don't know what it is, but it's good. I didn't even think that there was a clam in it until very recently, but I'd already learned to love it as is my culture. So it's vodka, ice, a delicious celery salt rim, a pickle or a gherkin as we call it in the UK, but a good one, like a dill, crunchy, really like oh, zesty pickle. Some pickle juice, controversial. As a bartender, I would pour a little pickle juice into the Caesar. Worcester sauce, salt, pepper, Tabasco, fill with Clamato, delicious. And you garnish with, I mean, anything. I've seen Canadian places garnish with celery or with peppers or with pickles, which I think is traditional, but also with skewers that have like prawns or sausage or bacon on them. I mean, you can go any way you like. I believe that's overkill. I'm a purist. That's what a Caesar is. Anyway, as soon as I posted Happy Canada Day, I had young people flooding my DMs saying, hey, bestie, hey, sis, Canada Day is canceled. Haven't you heard? And of course, they're referring to the discovery of hundreds of remains of children under residential schools. Now, the treatment of indigenous populations in Canada is horrific, continues to be horrific, has always been horrific. I just feel, though, that as completely unconscionable as it may be, it isn't news. What was happening in your life if you lived your up until adulthood in Canada and didn't know about the atrocities that have been done to the indigenous populations? Not just actual genocide, cultural genocide. It continues. I've touched on this before. I mean, it's meant to be a comedy podcast, so I don't want to get too much into it. But people are like, there's no more Canada Day. You should be using your platform to educate people about the plight of the indigenous folks. I've always known how white people like me got to Canada. I mean, my ancestors, thankfully, I found came much later and they just wanted to fish because they ran out of cod in the English Channel. But I mean, 
some of them were preachers and I'm sure that they indoctrinated a lot of indigenous people and thought they were helping. But just because something is trending or something is popular and now everybody's discovering like, oh my gosh, what a surprise. These children that we took away from their indigenous families were mistreated in the residential homes. Yeah, that's why I've been saying it's terrible for so long and don't think it happened a million years ago. Bless you, Fred. Whoa. It's happened very recently and continues to happen on some level. So Canada Day can be mindful and you can celebrate what you love about Canada while being very realistic about how that land was, (laughs) quote unquote, settled. And I suppose if you don't know in Britain, that's fair enough. You were far enough removed. Our brains can kind of only grasp what's nearest to us. If we knew about all the atrocities all over the world all the time, I don't think our human brains could handle it. I think we would implode. And But if you are from America or from Canada, write me an email telling everybody everything at gmail.com. And if the residential school massacre, tragedy, genocide surprised you, and if you're just learning about all the mistreatment of Indigenous people, please let me know. No judgment. Let me know how you thought that European settlers got there, how you think it went down, the story you were told. Because, of course, there's Pocahontas, the Disney film, which is like, you think you own whatever land you land on, and falls in love with John Smith falls in love like a indigenous teenager happens to fall in love with the like old white man with a rifle disney pitched that to us disney they have the fucking audacity to show us finding nemo you know some nice little stories and then that they're like pocahontas the love story of our time but you could be forgiven for not knowing and now we know Now more of us know anyway. If you're just hearing about this for the first time, then I'm sorry for the terrible surprise. But yeah, let me know what you thought. Oh, and by the way, at French school, Saint-Thomas-d'Aquin, where I went to school, and yeah, it was a slog learning French for the first time at school. My parents thought it would be some hilarious prank, I guess, to just send me to an all-French school. No, I do not mean French immersion. I mean all French school to the point that English was banned and we'd get in trouble if we read any English books or spoke any English. So I'm like three and a half, four years old. I really need to pee. I I mean, my problems are small compared to the bigger systemic structural problems that I'm talking about. But when I went into that school, I needed to pee because I was four years old. And I said to Tante Claire, I said, can I please go to the toilet? And she was like, en français, Catherine. And I was like, bitch, I am, it is my first day. I don't know the language that you're speaking. I'm dealing right now with the shock that maybe the whole world speaks a different language than my household. Can I please go to the washroom? She's like, en français, Catherine. I was like, Ugh. I still remember this to this day. Didn't know how to ask to go to the toilet in French. Peed my pants by the sandbox. People looked and pointed at me. I was humiliated because I'd been potty trained from a very young age. I know nowadays we have loads of four-year-olds who would happily shit themselves in public. This was not my vibe. Peeing my pants was an abomination. And they put me in the lost and found box outfit, basically a pee uniform. It was an orange jumpsuit like a prisoner would wear. And I had to wear that around all day. I thought everyone would figure out that I'd peed myself because I'd come to school in a cute outfit chosen by my mother. 
And then I went home and I had the indignity of having to explain why I was in this orange jumpsuit. And when I told my mother that I'd peed myself or I think I presented my wet outfit in a bag, she was just horrified. Like, you peed yourself. It's like if a 16-year-old came home and was like, yeah, I pissed myself at work. It was that humiliating. People expected more of me. But I went to a French school and we learned about Saint-Catherine and I loved Saint-Catherine because that was my name and I was like oh Saint-Catherine she's the best and we had um, this special day for Saint-Catherine's Day and we did la cire which is this taffy that we would pull and we would make this delicious candy and they told us the story of how Saint-Catherine educated the local children by giving them candy and they didn't want to go to school so she would leave a trail of this taffy that she made and it encouraged all the children to go to the school and then they loved school and they learned well the sinister reality of saint catherine is that she would bait indigenous children away from their homes with this fucking tear uh, taffy whatever and the delicious sugar would make them want to come to school and that's how she would get them to be indoctrinated into Western culture and teach them that kind of school. So the candy was a very sinister lure, like a bait. And we celebrate. We were kids and we were told, oh, it's so much fun. We're going to make candy today. And isn't this teacher woman a hero? Nope. So thanks, St. Catherine, for besmirching my first name. And also, unrelated to the indigenous plight, Ryanair for besmirching my last name with your cheap-ass casino-in-the-sky flights. Uh, I got a lot of heavy lifting to do with the name Catherine Ryan. This week, many of us have been awaiting the court's ruling on Britney Spears' request to remove her father from her conservatorship. We talked about it last week. As you will know if you listen to that episode, some of the points on the conservatorship were just outrageous, like Britney Spears having to take drugs, strip naked in front of people, not drive a car, not buy anything without permission, continue to work and make money and pay the people who are basically keeping her prisoner, her father sending her to rehab, not being able to see her kids, and pointedly having to wear an IUD uh, effectively birth control, preventing her from having another baby with her boyfriend or not being allowed to get married again. The ruling is in denied. Britney Spears lost. After that moving statement, the judge was like, no, actually, we're not going to take your father off your conservatorship. He's still the boss of everything you do. Please keep working, loving your Instagram stories. Keep it up. So a court, a very high court ruled no, Britney Spears, you keep that IUD and you can't have any more babies. They're regulating her body. Meanwhile, another celeb, Bill Cosby, has been released after his sexual assault convictions were overturned. He spent just over two years in prison and he's out living his best life. So this is how the courts work in America. Someone decides, hmm, Britney Spears making millions under a conservatorship for the last decade. She should remain a prisoner of her own body. Bill Cosby, convicted of sexual assault, accused by multiple women of sexual assault over a period of time. He's suffered enough. He should be free. This is one huge publicized celebrity example 
of what happens all the time everywhere. It is a sample size. So do not tell us that feminism has gone too far and we already have equality, so what are we whining about? And that women falsely accuse men all the time and ruin innocent celebrity men's lives. Don't tell me any of this shit until Kanye West is under a conservatorship with an IUD up his dick because you know that would never happen to a man who had erratic behavior like Britney Spears. I don't want to hear it. Britney has stated in her dramatic testimony that she is afraid of her father having him or anyone financially benefiting from her continuing to work on that conservatorship is totally bananas. Trying to regulate her body, you would not do that to anyone who had mental health issues. Everyone has mental health issues. It's totally against human rights. I can't believe it is a fucking outrage. And by the way, the system is doing exactly what it was designed to do, and that's the problem. And while the conservatorship stands, one system is ending, and that is the remote audio attendance program that the Los Angeles courts offer. So there is an audio broadcast, and that's how a lot of us heard Britney Spears' statement. The courts are embarrassed by that. So even though they've ruled against her, they're like, actually, we're not going to make recordings readily available minutes after statements anymore. We're just going to shut down that whole audio program completely. So more censorship. What's the next step? I don't even know. If I were Britney, I mean, she just loves to sing and dance, doesn't she? So she does as she's told, and she's scared of them, and I don't know what else she thinks is under threat maybe if she doesn't work she feels like she's gonna have to go to another rehab or she won't be able to see her kids i don't know i think you can't begin to to guess what's going through the mind of someone who has been imprisoned in this way for most of her life so i just get really bad at singing and dancing you know just get real shit at it there's no jamie spears hunting me down to make me do a las vegas residency i'll tell you that because i wouldn't be bringing in the revenue Brittany. so I think keep doing what you're doing on Instagram. Find a doctor. This this boyfriend, who is this hunk boyfriend? Does he have the resources to find a private doctor who will just take your IUD out? Surely a grown woman walks into a private doctor's clinic. I had an IUD for a while. I had it taken out. And I didn't have to show any papers like from my dad or do you know what I mean? Like Planned Parenthood needs to be knocking on her door. She has a right, like I do, like you do, like we all do, to autonomy over our own bodies. Now, that's one problem solved. I'll be putting out fires and solving your problems via your emails that you write into the podcast. It's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I'm going to be opening those right after these messages. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com The first one is titled, Will I Ever Date Again? Says Catherine, I wondered if you could advise me. I'm 29 years old and I live alone. 
I wasn't massively independent a few years ago, and I relied on other people for comfort. Well, yes, you were in your 20s. That's absolutely fine. And hyper-independence can be a bad thing too. So relying on other people for comfort is very social. It's part of what it means to be human. It's totally okay, as long as those people are not toxic. So this caused a lot of upset and stress in friendships and relationships. So I decided to change my outlook and gain some independence. Aha, so you're relying on them to a point of toxicity or damage. I worked hard. I opened my own company and I bought my first house last year. What the f- People could just do that? I worked hard for a couple of months. Oh, started a company, bought my first house. I love the uh, confidence of first house as well. How many, how many country homes will be in your portfolio? I know I'm chipping in a lot in this email, but I've just got a lot of things jumping out at me. Do you have a trust fund? Is this like a really posh person? How did you do that? Write me back and tell me how you did that. Because I think a lot of us listening would love to start a business and buy our first house in the space of a few months. Wow. I'm more than happy in my own company. The problem is, I'm so used to being alone now that the concept of dating bothers me. I do want to date, but the idea of having to go out, meet someone, and then having that someone in my space is annoying. I worked hard to get what I have, and I enjoy my life. How do I balance this? I don't love going out anymore, and I love chilling at home. I've dated a few people, been on the cusp of relationships, but I end up opting for peaceful nights alone. My attitude bothers me but not enough for me to change what I'm doing. (laughs) I partly blame lockdown, but that won't fly forever. So how do I motivate myself to make an effort? Am I just being lazy? Do I buy a cat and accept my fate? I don't want to go back to relying on someone else. Okay. So, I mean, this is really good because it's fine to enjoy your own company. And if you're convincing yourself to go out and spend time with someone else, I get it. It's much nicer to stay at home. And how privileged you are I don't mean privileged like how blessed you are to enjoy your own company because a lot of people don't a lot of people have FOMO they don't want to hang out with themselves they want to be distracted all the time and be around other people um, because they don't like themselves you know that's not every social person but it is sometimes so you're you're great if you love hanging out with yourself and I think lockdown has amplified this for a lot of us but you are only 29 And if you are pushing yourself to spend time with other people, those are not the right people for you. So I think give it some time. Surely in your business, you don't mention what it is, but you'll have interactions out in the world. If there's someone that you really like who's going out for drinks, a girlfriend or something, maybe you could go, you know, every once in a while you have to give yourself a nudge to be like, all right, I'm going to wash my face, put some mascara on, get out the house. But don't force yourself to be on apps or go on dates if that's not what you want. I was in a similar position. I loved being alone. And there is nothing that I purposefully did to bring Bobby K back into my life. It just happened. And I promise you that fate will find a way and you won't be alone forever. There are 69-year-old women who are like, should I just buy a cat and give up? They shouldn't if that's what they want, a relationship. And you certainly shouldn't. It's fine to take a breather by yourself. And when the time is right for a partner to walk into your life, that partner will. But for now, enjoy being alone because fuck, you could have a baby Fred any minute now. And he's here. He's being very quiet on the podcast. But uh, I get no more time to myself for the moment. And that's fine. It's a change. But 
every season of life is important. So I had a season of being alone. And then I had a season of a honeymoon with my husband where we just traveled and stuff before COVID. And then this is the season now. So just, you know what I mean? Grab some sunglasses and enjoy this season. Have a margarita all alone because the season won't last forever. Here's a very important, quite political sounding one. It's called, What is the State of the Nation's Pubes? Catherine, I've recently left a relationship that I have been in for my whole adult life, and I'm staggering, Bambi-like, out into the world of dating. As part of my work on myself and get in a positive space efforts, I'm doing therapy, and I'm also doing laser hair removal. (laughs) Hopefully the same practitioner, because... You know, two for one. That would be a great job if you're like, I'm a therapist. P.S. I'm trained in laser hair removal, Botox, nipple piercing, hair coloring. I can do it all. Microblading. Love that. That's kind of basically a life coach. Jack of all trades, master of none. All right. So you laser hair removal so I can feel confident inside and out. I, I do you mean the therapy as the inside or are you getting the laser hair removal in the like inner and outer labia as well are they doing your asshole that's my question inside and out confidence I yeah it's not clear what you're talking about there I hope therapy I hope therapy okay pre-kids I was a half-hearted waxer and I've occasionally had a Brazilian but now I have a daughter and I'm a bit grossed out by how Brazilians make a vulva look a bit childlike preach So my question is, what are vulvas wearing these days? Will my labia be dating pariah if they have hair on them? Laser is an investment, and the decision will last a few years, so I don't want to regret whatever pube agreement I end up with. Maybe your listeners have views on this too. All right, straight away what I'm going to do is grab my phone and put up an Instagram stories poll. Do you have pubes? Yes or no? So we'll get some results from a sample size of the population shortly before the end of the podcast record, though it is 9 a.m. So I think the people awake in Britain anyway will be parents, you know, older people maybe with pubes. I don't think the pubeless teens are awake at nine on a Saturday, though maybe they are, or maybe teens are the ones, you know, because the younger women that I'm friends with, Grace Campbell, Scarlett Curtis, Honey Ross, follow them all on socials. They are so progressive and I don't know about their pube situation, but I mean, maybe I could ring Honey. She was on Goggle Box last night, Celebrity Goggle Box, Channel 4. So maybe it's a bad time. I am not single, but uh, my pubic hair has not changed with my relationship status. I have always been entirely hairless. I don't grow that much hair anyway. I think that if I were like a Kardashian with beautiful thick hair on my head, then that would probably mean that I had thick hair everywhere else. That's how I think of it because I have like a toddler's ponytail in my head and I kind of don't grow hair on my body either. But when I was young, I didn't have access to waxing or lasers, so I would shave and I got ingrown hairs from that and I didn't like it. And then when even waxing, I got a few ingrown hairs and I didn't like that because it's painful and they're scarring and it looks unsightly. And then when I became in the most comfortable financial position, I went for laser treatment too. And I can tell you, it doesn't remove the hair forever, but it will come back finer and softer and kind of patchy actually, like, like Larry David's head. And you have to go every six weeks. Um, I didn't have the commitment for that. I would forget or some of it would grow back and I'd wax it and you can't be waxing it and lasering it. It's a whole thing. So it's a lot of maintenance. 
I guess if that's what you want to do, I wouldn't worry so much about fashion. I wouldn't worry even about feminism because I don't think your pubic hair has to be a statement. You just need to do whatever you're comfortable with in your own body. So I never think about a man or single or not single when I think about my pubic hair. And I'll tell you this, if you meet someone and you offer them sex, I don't think they care so much about pubes. I really don't. Hang on, I'll ask my husband if he's available. I mean, who cares about pubes when you got a house so big you got to call each other in a different room? Hey, honey. Hi. Can I just ask you something for the podcast? Sure. Let me be right in. Okay. What is it? How do you feel about pubes on a lady? What? Like pubes. Do you want someone to have grown their pubes or to have no pubes or to shave a bit? Or what's your preference? Or do you have a preference? The thing is... uh with pubes is you can't have them freshly shaved as like three days old you either got to be shaved all the time and keep it up keep or let it go a little bit either way i really don't care that much as long as it's not too over overblown but the <laughs> one area you want to avoid is if you're shaving you're just kind of lazy but you continue to shave and then it, you know that prickly feel yeah prickliness is no good um overgrown is i mean not great but the other two options mildly and shaven are the the ways for me. Okay. Well, when we first got back together, I had purposely grown as much as I could because I was going to the Arctic and I needed to have a warm... Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. (laughs) And that wasn't a problem for you at the time? No, it wasn't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, as long as it's, you know, it wasn't over, overdone, but yeah, it was was a bit fluffy, we'll call it. Yeah. And so men, you think, don't really care that much? I don't think so. Do you think younger men care or older men care or do you think it's like... Maybe younger men, if they're like Todd, if they're watching like porn or something, or their friends say it's supposed to be shaved, they think this. But I think as you grow up, you really don't care all that much, as long as it doesn't feel horrible. All right. I agree with you. Prickliness is no bueno. Thank you for your insight. Oh, you're welcome. Love you. Love you. Bye. There you have it. I agree. Prickliness, you know, it's not a statement about anyone's politics or views. It's just that hurts. Prickliness hurts. Anything else goes. And as Bobby said, if young, like, pornified men are into that, we don't want to be fucking them anyway. We certainly don't want to be going near, like, the Love Island style entire shaved body. That would be like cuddling up next to a cheese grater. So who cares what they think in the first place? Avoid, avoid, avoid. Okay, let's have a look at the poll. It's been up for just a few minutes. Do you have pubes? Yes, 72%. No, 28%. Let me break that down for you. That's 4,604 votes for yes, 1,750 votes for no. I can kind of scroll down and see some of their profiles. I mean, a lot of them are just young women like my age and probably your age. Some men. David does not have pubes. Ian has no pubes. Wow. Scott's got pubes. James has pubes. There you go. Instagram is a lovely tool to really get to the heart of the nation. That was a fast poll, but there's your answer. Most of the nation, those of us awake around 9 a.m. anyway on a Saturday, have pubes. But currently I do not have pubes. Got stitches though. Ooh, here's a quick one, but one I know I can help with. Catherine, I was wondering if, because you have small dogs, you have issues with seagulls swooping in on them. And if so, how do you prevent it? Because I shit a brick every time and it messes with my confidence and anxiety. Everyone else thinks I'm crazy because it doesn't happen to them. So I was just wondering whether it has happened to you and your dogs, especially in England, because seagulls are jerks. 
don't worry, you're not nuts. I don't know what your dogs are doing to look like French fries. If you have any like delicious food on them, maybe they they just look tasty to a seagull. In Canada, we have actual birds of prey like hawks and owls. And if you have a teeny tiny small dog, that is dangerous. So the answer is yes, I do have something called a coyote vest for my dogs. This is not an ad, but in LA, actual coyotes will take Bel Air women's tiny, teeny pocket dogs away. So it's a neon colored vest that looks very intimidating and it's covered in spikes. Even if you don't have small dogs, Google coyote vest. This thing is metal and it's so rock and roll. And my dogs each have one. I have not had the need to put it on them, but I do have them in the house. I worry about foxes. I worry about birds of prey when we go on holiday. So there you go. Coyote vest. Here's one. I outed my trans ex. Catherine, I'm an 18-year-old woman who has identified as a lesbian since I was 13. When I was 14, I accidentally outed my ex as transgender to four people that I thought already knew. I brought it up casually, and they all said something along the lines of, oh, I didn't know. Good for him. I immediately knew I'd put my foot in my mouth. I felt so terrible and guilty. My ex had texted me, telling me they were trans in the middle of the previous night, having not spoken to me in months. We ended on good terms, and it was just awkward. We used to have a relationship where we would tell each other everything, so it felt natural he would tell me this himself, even though we hadn't been speaking. I got another late-night text from my ex after I doubted him. He was absolutely furious. How dare you? You had no right, etc. I explained my side and the confusion, but he was still livid, and I felt terrible. A few weeks later, I was blocked on everything. It's been four years and I still feel bad. I left school some time ago, so I haven't seen my ex in two and a half years. We talked briefly last summer when he drunkenly called me from a party and he told me he's still pissed at me, but he misses me and he's friends now with someone I used to hate and he also flirted with me over the phone and then blocked me again. I'm really confused. I can't tell if it's because I miss my friend or because I miss my significant other. Even though when we were together, he identified as female. I'm wondering how to move on from someone who I can't get closure from by contacting because I'm blocked. And how do I forgive myself from something I can't get forgiveness for from him? Oh, so you do have to forgive yourself and you can't always expect someone else to understand where you're coming from. I know that we all have this instinct where we'd love to be understood And you go, oh, I have to explain myself again so that you get it. No, I have to explain myself in a different way so that you can forgive me. But this is not something that you can get outwardly. You know, your ex is going to have whatever feelings about this that they're going to have. And you apologize to him. You explained yourself once. And I really think that's all you can do. Um, I think you're just feeling bad because you're young and you made a mistake. And in your culture right now, outing someone as, as trans is like cancelable, exposing offense. You know, it's, it's really one of the things that a lot of you know better not to do. And in your case, it was an accident and you were 14. So I'm going to give you my forgiveness if that means anything to you. It's ridiculous to keep punishing yourself for an innocent mistake you made four years ago when you were literally a child. Look, even Fred's upset by this. I think he's going to start to cry. Fred, I know, I know. She's being silly. She just feels bad, Fred. Everyone wants to be a good person and do the right thing. Forgive yourself. You were 14. Do you want to know what I was doing when I was 14? I was singing all the words to a Tupac song all the words. 
and I was a little bitch running around my high school doing God knows what, just terrible, terrible things. And we grow and we evolve. And I think it's good that you're blocked because things are messy with this ex and you're looking for forgiveness where it doesn't exist. You know, you've apologized. Forgive yourself, move on. And people will learn from this email too if they're listening to it, you know? That you don't out a trans person, even if you didn't mean to, you know, it's gonna make you feel bad for four years. So definitely forgive yourself. You are a good person and you can't always get someone to understand where you're coming from. So stop trying. Oh no, my sister's abusive boyfriend. Catherine, I need some advice as my family and I are truly stuck on how to handle this situation. My older sister has been seeing a guy for around eight months and from the start, he has shown red flags. He already treats her awfully. She caught his ex at his house a couple weeks ago. He has punch holes in his bedroom walls. He constantly lets her down, and they've never even been on a date. Only him coming round and them sleeping together. He also tells her she can't wear revealing clothing. He gets annoyed when she goes out drinking with her friends. Personally, I think this is emotional abuse because he is constantly messing with her feelings. I had to remove Fred from this part of the podcast because as you have heard, he was getting very upset. He is exactly the right kind of man, fucking livid with the content of this email. You feel that it's emotional abuse because he's constantly messing with her feelings. There are so many more things he has said and done that have made all of us very concerned. My sister is very insecure and always has been. I'm so worried that she's putting up with this because she doesn't think she deserves any better. I know abusers see this and they go for her because they can get away with it. Actually, you know, it's the opposite sometimes that um, narcissistic psychopaths will go for empaths because it's a challenge for them to control very smart, self-assured women. It's not just insecure partners that they go for. They go for, I mean, in the past, once people like me. And it's a real joy for them if they could look at Jamie Spears. Britney said in her conservatorship statement um, he loved that he could control me. I'm so powerful and he absolutely gets off on it. Uh, I think, you know, Britney Spears is maybe a bad example comparing to your sister, but it's not always because they're insecure. It's just sometimes a nice empath will see the good in a bad person and go, oh, well, I can fix it. I can help him. So it might be that. My family and I are always trying to make my sister see the light, but this is causing a huge amount of tension between us. There's been massive arguments with her, and she's changed so much as a person. She's upset all the time and crying almost daily. She won't take any advice from any of us. And when she's in a better mood, she says maybe she's overreacting and it isn't all that bad and he's a great guy. We're so sad for her. It's really heartbreaking to watch someone be treated like this. Any advice on what we can do or say to diffuse the situation? I've tried to get not so involved, and but it never works because she does come to us for support when she's upset and then we have to tell her how we feel. I'm only 21, so I don't know where to go with this. My mom feels like giving up and I just can't seem to let it slide and have a normal relationship with my sister anymore. Ugh. So my family was in this exact position with me. I've been in this similar position with some of my sisters and it is a delicate dance. My mom went into therapy <laughs> because she hated one of my boyfriends so much and I can't call her now because it's 5 a.m where she is but um she just had to bite her tongue a lot of the time my dad pretty much stopped speaking to me for a while because he was so hurt by how this boyfriend treated me this boyfriend called me the c-word in front of my dad 
number one, they don't use the C word in Canada, so it's super explosive. And number two, for my dad to go quiet, it was just a very scary situation. I was like, uh, why isn't this Irish rugby player busting heads right now? He did the opposite. He was just silent. And I had to figure it out on my own. I will tell you how I figured this out. Um, It took nothing but time and being constantly undermined and humiliated for a little while. I'm very lucky I didn't have kids with this person. I mean, if you can get Jamie Spears to fit your sister with an IUD, I would do that immediately. Make sure she doesn't have kids with him one way or another. Grind up birth control pills into her smoothie. I mean, I opened the podcast talking about a woman's right to bodily autonomy. I fucking regret that now. Do not let this woman have babies with this man because I agree with you. Punch holes in the wall. Get a life. What a loser. I'm sorry. People have anger issues, but that shouldn't be your sister's problem or your family's problem. Grow up get your aggression under control and let her wear what she wants and go out with her friends. Actually, don't do that. Just piss off. So there was an aha moment for me. And that is when my therapist, Pam, refused to do couples counseling for my boyfriend and me because he was cheating on me loads. And I was like, maybe I can learn to manage this better. Pathetic. She sent us to this very French, very gay, very gentle man therapist. And she said, oh, your partner won't like me. He won't, you know, thrive in my therapy style. I'm going to send you to this more gentle therapist. And I watched like a pantomime, my then boyfriend lie and manipulate this therapist and kind of get away with it. The gentle gay French man was like, oh, did you make it clear in your relationship that you do not enjoy cheating? And I was like, Pardon, And it made me angry to watch him manipulate someone else the way that I had been manipulated. I I needed to see that from a third party perspective. And I saw myself as this therapist just taking it and being like, oh, yes, you're such a nice man. And that's what helped me. But I mean, you guys are going to have to meet together as a family without your sister and just find a way to not let this impact your own mental health too much to accept that she is a grown woman and she's going to have to come to these realizations on her own to be there for her when she needs a shoulder to cry on. But if she's not taking your advice, don't give her any, just go, Oh, Ooh, yeah, that sounds bad. What are you going to do? Ooh, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear you've been treated that way. How do you feel about that? What, what, how are you going to react to that? What's your plan? What are you going to do? Throw the question back to her because she won't take advice from you. And that is my advice. And I'm sorry that I can't get her away from this man, but she will hopefully have enough strength through the support of her friends and family and through her own self-belief to eventually see the light. And unfortunately, that's all you can do short of putting her under a conservatorship and making your dad in charge of all of her bank cards. Just time for one more. It's called Marriage for Visa. Catherine, I'm a 30-year-old gay man. I've been dating a guy for the last seven months. We met during the pandemic as something casual yet exclusive so as not to be breaking any lockdown rules too much. I don't care. What do I look like Chris Witty up in this bitch? I, I don't. Well, you're not maybe justifying it to me. You're just saying, okay, fine. As a result, we ended up spending a lot of time together. I'd say up to five days a week. Yes, relationships during the pandemic either fell apart or became very intense. I do feel that. He's here on a temporary work visa, which expires in eight weeks, and he'll be forced to go back to Australia. 
His employers refused to sponsor him, and the only way for him to stay would be for us to enter into a civil partnership. This would not be illegal or fraudulent, as we are in a genuine relationship. However, I'm very unsure about the whole thing. I know I love him, and I really want to see where this will go. But essentially marrying someone to see where a relatively new relationship will go would be a huge commitment, and certainly not something I would even entertain the idea of outside of these circumstances. I'm definitely leaning more toward allowing the relationship to end, as the alternative seems so extreme for someone I've only known for a short period of time. I do love him, and I know I'll be really upset and miss him when he's gone, but I'm terrified about the absolute shit show that I would need to deal with, like most relationships, if it doesn't work out. I know you've been in somewhat a similar situation. While I don't expect you to be able to tell me exactly what to do based on this limited information, I wondered how you approach this situation and the kinds of things you consider to make your decision about marrying Bobby Kay after reconnecting. Well, a few things jump out in your email. You are leaning toward letting the relationship end, and you seem to be in a really wise position about it. Like, I love him. I will be upset and I will miss him when he's gone. That's a beautiful way to approach all boyfriends, I think, because some people are great, but they're not the one that you want to marry. And you're right to identify that a legal layer uh, into your relationship adds loads of complexity if you want to dissolve that relationship. I don't know what kind of money you have, what kind of assets you have. I do know, based on a friend's recent experience, that even if you have a prenup, Sometimes in the UK courts, you know, it's not America. They can still get half your shit. So you got to watch out. Um, I will tell you how I made the decision to marry Bobby Kay. It was new. It was only a few months. But I, and I did have these mental reservations. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I've never been married before. I have had terrible breakups. And I think you really don't know someone until you see them angry or you know heartbroken at the end of a relationship and I thought I've worked so hard to give Violet things and now uh, what if I have a kid with him and we split up I have to go through co-parenting again with and I just didn't want to do any of that but inside my heart of hearts I just felt that marrying Bobby and starting a family with him was right and no intellectual reasoning could argue me out of that So I think you need to stop making lists of pros and cons, a la Ross and Rachel on Friends. You need to stop thinking about it so much. And you just need to feel like, okay, is this someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with? Don't think about the marriage visa. Don't think about temporary him here, him in Australia, him there, wherever. Just like, is this it? Will I spend the rest of my life with him? And then only your intuition can decide. And it's very soon to tell if I was right about marrying Bobby or not. Because we've been married two years in September. People who've been married 25 years will laugh at that length of time. So, I mean, so far, so good. But I just had to follow my intuition about it and stop having these arguments in my head. It's complicated, but don't forget, there is a world where he goes back to Australia. You have some time apart. You just cannot quash the flames of your love and then you follow him out there there's a world where he goes back for a while and applies for a new type of visa maybe a fiance visa there are ways that the earth will move to bring you together if you really need to be together but if this is what you've got to do and what you really in your heart want to do 
I wouldn't be afraid of it because of the pandemic or because of a short relationship or whatever. It's like deep down, you know if this is the one or not. And deep down, you probably also know whether you can handle a messy divorce or not. It's up to you. I mean, people get married all the time. Elizabeth Taylor was married eight times, so fuck it. Thank you for listening to Telling Everybody Everything. Have you been watching Love Island? Have you been watching the Euros? It's such an exciting week for television. I love the first week of Love Island. You know, it's, it's got to ramp up. I got to get to know all the players. But I think it's looking spicy. It's going to be a great season. Ready to Mingle is the show that I'm doing that comes out early autumn. It's going to be there to catch you when you fall from your Love Island withdrawal at the end of the summer. My book is available for pre-order. It's called The Audacity. And I'm on tour with my brand new stand-up show, Misses, from September so it's all happening we can see each other very soon if that's what you want and i hope that you have an amazing summer turning heads pulling people for chats i don't want to see you getting pied and let's talk about love island next week email me at telling everybody everything at gmail.com and i'll see you soon Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com